Welcome to the Northridge Church Podcast, a weekly rewind of Sunday's talk. Well, I said this early in the service, I repeat it. It's worth repeating, and that is the reality that when we talk about prayer, something happens when I pray that doesn't when I don't. You know, so often we get very frustrated because we pray and we pray and we pray, and we feel like the the old-time preachers talked about, they talk about when the, the skies are brass. And what that means, that's a descriptive way of saying you feel like your prayer is going up and just some metal, metal surface makes them bounce right back down and God has no way of hearing your prayers. But the reality is even when that experience is happening, when we feel like our prayers are going unanswered and God is being silent, I tell you that by faith I can declare something happens when I pray that doesn't when I don't. See, in December of 2018, I had uh, an experience, a moment during that time, nothing profound. There wasn't, it wasn't based on a circumstance or a, a specific thing happening in my life. It was just more of a, a sense that I was beginning to grow more and more and more unease at unease with my prayer life. I was recognizing that I needed to go back to the school of prayer. I needed to learn some things that uh, maybe I've never learned before. I needed to unlearn some things that I picked up along the way that just were not godly and not, not God's thoughts when it came to prayer. I needed to go a little bit deeper in the life of prayer than I'd ever done before. Not because I was in some kind of terrible brokenness or in some kind of unrepentant sin in that moment. I can't come before you and tell you this horror story of how your preacher, your pastor had gone weeks and weeks, months and months, never praying to the Lord or that, that days were spent not talking to the Lord. Did not have that experience whatsoever. But I just sensed that God was telling me, Tony, there is going to be a season, there is going to be a time coming up in the life of the church that the church, the people of God, need to go deeper than they've ever gone in their prayer life. And the reality was, if I were to ask you to go deeper in your prayer walk, I had to walk there first. I had to do those things. I had to spend the time with the Lord before I could ask you to do that, before I could uh, ask you to go deeper with God. So I made, uh, in my mind, 2019 was the year of prayer for me. That was the year that I dusted off the books of prayer that I'd read over the years, and that was the year that I bought several other books out there that I needed to consume. That was the year that I said all of my devotional time will be spent in growing in prayer. And I can tell you, mission accomplished. I did not, uh, after a couple of months, abort that. I did not walk away from it saying it's an it's a exercise in vanity or that it was just too difficult. I spent all of 2019 Every moment that I had between me and God where I just said, Lord, help me grow in this discipline. Help me grow in this grace. Help me grow in this mercy, this thing that you've given us called prayer. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to report to you that somehow now I, you know, I'm not going to be filming any commercials talking about call my 1-800 number and for $5.99 I can 
pray your prayer and God's going to answer it because I, I have a closer connection to him than you. I don't, don't believe that for a moment. Uh, I still struggle with things. I still, uh, still am growing in the area of prayer, but I recognize that in 2019, I have grown from where I started in 2018. And much of what we talk about this month, uh, there's lessons out of my year's journey of learning and going to the school of prayer that, uh, that I share with you. Now, in the past, we have talked about how to organize prayer. And hear me, all the lessons we've talked about from this pulpit in the past, I'm not rescinding and I'm not saying, boy, I wish we did not share these things. I mean, we talked about how to organize your thoughts around the, the acronym ACTS, the ACTS of prayer, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Still stand behind that. I still use that as a tool to help organize my thoughts often before the Lord. I, we've talked about how you use the Lord's prayer as a model prayer and how to use that as a way to organize your thoughts. Again, I stand behind that as a helpful tool for us. Uh, I, I've talked about even a time of addressing three questions. Uh, who are you? Uh, who, you know, God, when you go to God, asking God, God, who are you right now? Who do I recognize you to be? And what do I see in your word that how you reveal yourself? And who am I? What am I? A, am I a sinner in the hands of an angry God? Am I a saint who is coming before you? Am I your child, your, he, your heavenly child, a, a co-heir with Jesus Christ? I mean, to take time to look at who am I before God? And then the third question I encourage you to think about is just asking the question of why am I in front of your presence right now, God? What do I need? What What's going on in my life that I need you to address, to rescue, to save, to deal with, oh God? Those, those teachings we have, I still believe they're accurate. I still am convinced those are exercises, those are things that help us, inform us on how to pray. I'm not telling you to walk away from them, but rather what I'm doing is just saying, uh, especially today, uh, let's think of prayer in some other ways that maybe we have not thought of before. You see, there's Four very specific things that I really leaned into in the year of 2019 that, uh, that I would just hand off to you. And, you know, during this time, uh, for those of you who've been around for a long time, you know that uh, the joke is when you see a pulpit up, it's preachy, preachy time, because that's what my dry cleaner told me a pulpit meant, is preachy, preachy. And then when you see a table up, it's Talky talky, you know, and you know, try to have a conversation. The truth being told, I don't know what this time is about. Maybe I should have a dry erase easel behind me because maybe this hour, this time together is teachy teachy time, right? Of just me sharing with you about what I've learned about prayer. One of the first things I learned that God showed me was that prayer is sharing. Prayer is sharing. A oh, passage of scripture I find very informative is found in Numbers chapter 12, verse 5. Uh, we see that there is a rift growing in the inner sanctum of the camp of the people of Israel between Moses and his top aides and his top officials and the people he loved the most, the people he trusted the most. And the scripture records, it says in verse 5 of chapter 12 of Numbers, then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud. He stood at the entrance to the tent and he summoned Aaron and Miriam. These are the lieutenants. These are, the, these are Moses' right and left hands. He summons these two people, Aaron and Miriam. And when the two of them stepped forward, he said, the Lord said, keep in mind, listen to my words. When God tells you to listen to his words, that's a serious, serious mandate, is it not? 
And he goes on and the Lord says, when there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him, I speak face to face, clearly and not in riddles. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? See, the truth here, the Lord is saying, hey, with Moses, I talk to him. I talk, I share with him face to face. And here's the reality. That is a lesson from the Old Testament that not everyone had that privilege, not everyone had that right. But thanks to the blood of Christ, thanks to the fact that we are now children, heirs with Christ, co-heirs with him, that we have the right to be seen as sons and daughters before the heavenly father. And for us, we can have this same privilege. We are to have this same privilege that Moses experienced in which we can talk face to face with the living God. And so the reality is God desires to speak with us directly. When was the last time you simply shared your day or an event with God from your day that has you perplexed? You see, so often we're very quick to get on the phone and we call our best friend or we call a, a, a coworker or maybe we call our husband and wife or our significant other. We call someone who we love dearly, a mom or dad or maybe a child, and we just share about what's going on and what do we do at the end of the day or at the end of that moment. Maybe nothing's changed whatsoever, but you can just do this. You can go, ah, thank you, I just needed that right? I just need to share. I just need to tell someone my grief. I just needed to tell someone what was going on inside of me. I would argue perhaps you should have that same experience with the living God. Have you ever just something that has perplexed you, something that has frustrated you, something that, that has you uh, angry in this world or something that has you flummoxed? Do you go to God and say, God, I'm not looking for an answer now, but I just need you to hear my heart. I just need you to, to know what's going on inside of me right now. And the reality is we know God already knows that, but you need to express it, right? I found myself in 2019. There'd be times where I, I know this shocks you, okay? I'm going to just confess to you. There are some of you, there are some of you that sometimes just knows how to frustrate me, right? There's sometimes... And you go, well, Tony, that's same. Guess what? You frustrate me too. I get it. I get it. I get it. We're all in the same boat together, right? But there's sometimes where I just see somebody as, as, a, as your pastor, as your friend, you're just hitting your head against a brick wall. And, and we talk about it and we say, man, let's, let's work on that. And you agree and you're saying, yeah. And then what happens a week or two later comes and there's that same brick wall and you hit your head on that same brick wall. And let me tell you, you're frustrating. Okay, and if you're sitting there going, boy, I wonder if Tony's talking about me. If you're having that thought right now, chances are I am. Chances are, yeah, 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 I'm talking about you. And I share this to you. I love you. I love you. I love that I get to pastor Northbridge Church. I love that you're here. I'm not saying go somewhere else. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm saying sometimes I get frustrated. And where that would happen, what would happen out as a result of that is Dana and Dax would so often bear the consequences of the frustration that you would cause. And I'd be grumpy and angry, and I'd be so frustrated because I'm powerless to help. And as a pastor, I want to be a fixer, you know, and I just can't. And I just get so just frustrated. Sometimes if I was in a healthy state, I'd go to the gym and I'd take my frustration out in the gym, you know. And the Lord spoke to me through that and said, 
why don't you start sharing with me about your frustrations and quit talking to yourself about the frustration you have with someone and share it with me? And now I can't report to you and say, oh, I I did that. And you know what? God miraculously changed the situation or God changed the person or changed the circumstance. That was not what I found. But you know what I found? I experienced. I became a happier person. I became a person where now I was not frustrated because I was able to download that frustration onto the shoulders of the living God and say, God, now that you've heard my heart, you've heard, you've heard what I'm so frustrated with this situation or this individual or this thing, and I just ask God that it's not my burden to carry anymore. It's not my burden to hold. It's not my frustration to keep. I give it to you. And I can't say that I'm a perfect person and that all worry and concern is gone, but I can tell you just a little bit of the tension went away to allow me not to be so sharp towards Dana, not to be so sharp towards Dax, because Lord knows neither of them deserve it. And so sharing is so helpful. A second area of prayer, I would ask you to consider prayer is loosing, loosing. In 1 Kings chapter 18, we know of the story. If you've been a Christ follower for a long time, you know of the story of Elijah, of his contest between the evil prophets of Baal and how the people of God, they turned their back on the living God and they began to worship an idol, an evil, wicked idol named Baal, an angel of light that came to promise freedom but only gave slavery to the people of Israel. And there's a point where, where we see that the powers of darkness are against the force of good. We see these thousands of prophets surrounding Elijah and they have a showdown at the Oak Okay, corral. What do they do? They have two sacrifices. They put two sacrifices together, and Elijah says to the people of God, to all of Israel that's gathered together, we're going to call down. The prophets of Baal will call down their God, and if he is real, he will strike down this altar and accept a sacrifice. And then if, if they don't do that, then I will call down my God. And when God strikes down the, and, and accepts the sacrifice and consumes it without us having to take a torch to it, then we will know that the live, who the living God is. And so the scripture goes on and talks about him in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 36. Uh, he says, at, at that time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward. This was after... A whole day was spent where the Baal prophets were calling to their God. They were calling. They were crying to him. They were dancing. They were singing. They were even going so far as taking knives and cutting themselves, trying to show Baal how serious they were with imploring his name, with invoking his power. And, And so after all that, and of course, nothing happened. We read that in 36, at that time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and he prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Israel, let it be known that today you are the God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord. Answer me so these people will know that you, the Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. And then the scripture records, then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the soil, and also licked up the waters in the trench. God's power fell. The scripture is very important. This was not God. This was not Elijah just making up the story as he went, right? This was not him saying, okay, I'm going to test God here. I'm going to show people God's power. So what am I going to do? And he starts making up. He he clearly says it in prayer. 
prayer here. He says, God, you're telling me what to do. I am just following your direction here. What are we seeing here? We're seeing that God was uh, having, having Elijah as a conduit so that his power would be loosed into the earth. This is what it looks like when we ask God to loose his power in our lives, to loose his power in our community, to loose his power in our country, to loose his power in our world. The reality is that many of us are dealing with incredible struggles that seem to be overcoming us. And we need God's grace. We need his providence. We need his power. We need his might to be loosed in our lives. But we seem and we feel so inept. We feel so weak. We feel so emasculated. We do not have God's power within our lives. We, we live in a world today. Turn on the news and you can recognize with just a few minutes of clarity, of vision, that the world needs God's power to be loosed in incredible ways in it. We see our own country is racked with a drug epidemic that we've never seen before. Homelessness and poverty and crazy ways. And everyone, all the pundits and all the talking heads have their solutions. But let me tell you, I don't care if you're conservative or if you're liberal. The, the, the need is not to be harder on the poor people. And the need is not to be easier on the poor people. The need is not, the solution is not to give more education or less education. The, the solution is not to give, uh, have more tax money available for programs or less tax money for pro. Progr uh, programs. The solution here is for God's power to be loosed in our, in our life, in our society, in our culture, and allow him to change us from the inside out. The Welsh rev revival in England was incredible. It happened in the 1800s. Do you realize during 20 years when God's people were experiencing the power of God in the 1800s in Scotland, in England, that literally police officers, sorry, Eric, police officers lost their jobs. Why? because the jails were empty because no one was committing crimes because everyone was going to church. Could you imagine a day like that in our culture when we have to go to Eric and say, I'm sorry, Eric, but you're going to have to be a street sweeper. We don't need you to guard us anymore. I'm sorry, Eric, could you, could you go capture some dogs? Could you become a dog impounder? Because we don't need you to arrest perps anymore, right? I mean, could you imagine that kind of culture? What happens? It's when God's power is loosed. You see, I'm convinced that oftentimes God's influence, he knows what needs to happen, but his full influence and his full impact in our lives and our world is restrained by him because he's waiting for us to see our desperate need for his power in our lives. And the unfortunate thing is, as we're talking about this subject, if you're just meeting it and meeting this need with just a simple yawn in your life, the reality is, I hate to prescribe this to you, but you still do not know and recognize the desperate need that you and we are in to experience the power of God being loosed in our lives. You see, I believe this is what Jesus was talking about back in Matthew 16, verse 19, when he's telling Peter, he says, whatever you bind, Peter, whatever you bind on earth, disciples, uh, 
uh, will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Because God, Jesus, was given us the authority that we would have the ability to loose the very power of God in our lives. Hear me clearly. This isn't health wealth that I'm preaching. I'm not saying you want to win a, a scratcher, so you're going to pray, oh God, give me, a, give me the big multi-million dollar jackpot here. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm talking about God's power making an eternal difference, not to, to change the world, not to just make your life more comfortable or easy, okay? And so prayer is loosing. So right now, in this very moment, what I want us to do is let's loose God's power with something that we just encountered. Because as we already talked about, the forces of darkness are on display in a very powerful way in Bangladesh this very moment. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask Michael to just come over here in the, the center. And Michael, there's nothing special about Michael. I'm not invoking him as some kind of superhero or anything like that. But right now, Michael represents the work that's going on in Bangladesh. Right now, he represents the pastor that we met just a few moments ago in our talk. And we're going to spend some time loosing God's power into this ministry and into the lives of the Christians in Bangladesh that they would have the very power of God to stand against the darkness, the, the forces of darkness, and proclaim the truth of the gospel in a powerful way. And our prayer is that, that there would be more people that would come to the gospel this year than ever before because God's Holy Spirit goes out into Bangladesh. And so in this very moment, we're going to just bow and close our eyes. I would invite you that if you'd be a person saying, man, I'm, I'm going to be a person that in the next couple of weeks, in the next few days, as God reminds me, I'm going to be praying that God's power be loosed in Bangladesh. If that would be you, if that'd be your heart, I'm going to invite you as I say, let's bow our heads to just jump up here and put your arm, put your hand on Michael and say, hey, I'm standing with you and I'm praying for this area as well, that God's power be loosed, okay? So that's the direction. If you feel called to pray for that, jump up here as I just say, let's pray. So with that in mind, let's bow our heads and let's pray. And if you want to say, I'm standing here with Michael, come on up right now, be quick in your, in your walking so that we can not belabor here. Father God, we come before you. And Lord, I recognize that your enemy, our enemy, the devil, does not come at us as a fiery serpent that's evil and wicked and scary to look at, but he comes at us as an angel of light. Lord, I recognize that many of us have a picture of Islam as an evil, hateful religion, but I get that that's a, a small minority. That's a minority of them. And the vast majority of Muslims are peaceful. The vast majority of Muslims, they want to love people. They want to care for people. And they're in that faith because they believe that that's the best way they can care and, and they can love. Oh, God, would you show them the error of that thought? Oh, God, would you, through it specifically, Lord, in Bangladesh today, as, as this faithful minority, this splinter group, this small group of Christians, just faithfully declare your gospel or just passing out gospel information as they're making conversations with people, God, would you supernaturally empower them? Lord, would your spirit go before them that their words don't have sway in people's lives, but your spirit would, and that you would change people from the inside out, right in the heart of this Muslim enclave, and we would see your gospel proclaimed. We would see you worship for your beauty and for your love. God, we'd see you worship because of your mercy and your grace, and that you would be on high, on a throne to be worshiped by all. 
We pray that that would happen. We ask God you'd loose your power there. These things we pray in your son's powerful name. Amen. So prayer needs to be a loosing for us. But I'd also argue that prayer is listening. Prayer is listening as well. John chapter 10, Jesus is teaching us. He says, very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, and anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Jesus is teaching an important lesson that the people who follow him know him. The sheep know the voice of the shepherd. The question for us is, do we know the voice of God when he speaks to our hearts? And so sometimes prayer is just simply us coming before the presence of God and not saying a word and just listening, just listening, allowing God to be the only one that speaks. Do we have the ability to decipher the difference between the very voice of God speaking to us and our own inner passions or our own inner thoughts. Many of us, we don't because we've never spent time taking time, taking effort to deliberately listen to God's voice. I was at a conference years and years ago and there was an uh, older pastor who was at the last part of his tenure, the last part of his life, and he experienced, he expressed, he said, the most valuable, the most valuable spiritual discipline he had been able to develop in his life was every night he would go one hour and go before the presence of God and not say anything, not say anything. He would just be in his backyard and he would spend one hour with God. And he said, you know, that became the most important hour of his day. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, that is incredibly difficult to do. Uh, I am consistently working at 10 minutes a day. <laughs> 10 minutes of just saying, God, I'm in your presence right now, and I'm totally tuned into you, and I say nothing to you right now. When I begin to just have my mind wander, I refocus to him, and I refocus on, on his throne. I refocus on who he is, and I just say, God, I'm, I am just here listening. Would you speak to me? Because God has the ability to listen, to speak, just as he did in the Old Testament, just as he did with Moses. He speaks to us today. But so often we come to God and we rattle off our thoughts, we rattle off our feelings, and then we say, in Jesus' name, amen, and we get out of his presence before we even give him a chance to respond to us. The fourth thought I would invite you to think about is prayer is that prayer is exalting. Prayer is exalting. David records this in Psalm 34. We have this on the screen. Pop it up for us, Cliff. He just says, glorify the Lord with, with me. Let us exalt his name together. That is a part of prayer, is exalting the living God. Not because he's done stuff for us, but because he deserves our exaltation. He deserves our worship. He deserves all of our energy in seeing his glory. Just coming into God's presence and enjoying his glory is what I'm talking about. Because God loves it when we come into his presence and just enjoy him. Just enjoy him. Him. 
Now, I'm not going to talk a lot about this because at the end, in, uh, in three weeks, Pastor Dave's going to be stop, stop talking about uh, prayer and praise and what that looks like. So I don't want to step on his talk or his thoughts here. Uh, but I want to spend t- today, when we're done with this talk, we're going to just spend some time, and Pastor Dave's going to lead us in a few moments, in some time of exalting God and just worshiping Him. Because I'm reminded in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, that we are, to, we are to call, we are to declare the praises of God, of Him who sent us. We are His special possession, the Scripture says, that we would declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. We, we are called to praise God to people around us, absolutely, but to Him as well. See, what I'm asking us is, Unfortunately, so many of us, we might define our lives and our prayer lives as a grocery list. You know, we come to God and we say, okay, God, I need this and I need this and I need this and I need this. I need this to cope. I need this to move on in our lives. This is my grocery list to you, God. Now answer these things. If you don't, an- if you answer them, then I'm going to have more faith in you. I'm going to know that you listen to your, to your people. If you don't answer them, or if I can't figure out how you're answering them, I'm going to be perplexed and I'm going to be frustrated in my life. It's our, it's a grocery list. Or some of us, perhaps our prayer list is our Christmas list, right? This is what I wish would happen. Boy, if I got this, I'd be really happy. If I got this, it'd be great. If I got this, my life would be so much easier. Well, God, why don't you give me my Christmas list? Now, I'm going to tell you, those things, those are human elements, okay? So I'm not going to beat you up for having those, because truth be told, I have a Christmas list. I have a grocery list when I come before God and say, God, I really need these things in my life. I believe God expects us to have those lists present. But I would also ask that maybe we approach prayer in a third avenue, a third way as well, in which we are engaging our mind and our soul with the eternal King of glory, the creator of the universe, our heavenly Father, to commune, to listen, to share, to praise, in order to unlock the unlimited power that is both in our lives and in this world today. Perhaps for us, that's what prayer could become, in which we see God doing incredible things, not to give us goosebumps and to make the back of our neck, the hair raise up, but to see his power do something incredible in the world around us. Dave, why don't you at this moment come up and lead us as we conclude our time together with this last experience of praying the exaltation of God. Thanks, Tony. Um, We're going to end our time together just a little bit differently. Usually when we uh, end our our time, we do it through a a time of uh, singing songs of praise, but we're going to do this differently. We're going to pray prayers of praise as we go out the door. There's two places in Scripture that teaches us how to pray. Luke chapter 11, it's the Lord's Prayer, but he also does something wonderful for us. In, In the Old Testament, he gives us 150 prayers in the book of Psalms. Psalms are just basically prayers to God, calling out to God in times of trouble, calling out to God in times of need, calling out to God for, for him to provide. But for the most part, the Psalms is a, are, are, are prayers of exaltation to the Lord. And so today, we're just going to stand to our feet right now, and this is what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to read uh, out of Psalm 18, verses 1 through 3, together, aloud, all right? That, that's, that's, that's participation number one. 
right? You're going to read with me Psalm 18, 1 through 3. In fact, we've already sung this, this, these verses to the Lord in one of our songs this morning already, right? So we're just going to repeat this to him. And then here's, here's participation number two. Then we're just going to pray aloud words of, of, of affirmation, words of exaltation, words of praise to the Lord based on what you've read today in this verse. Praising God for his safety, praising God for his protection, praising God um, for who he is, praising God simply because we just love him, right? So if there's a word of exaltation that comes to your mind, I want you to boldly, boldly speak that out um, to the Lord uh, today. So I'll lead us in that time of prayer. And then when I feel like no one else has, has anything to say to the Lord, I will close this in a time of prayer. Let's, so let's read this together. Psalm 18, uh, verses 1 through 3. I love you, Lord. You are my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. So Father, today we come before you and we say thank you, Lord, for rescuing us in our lives, for giving us hope and salvation. We praise you, Father God, for you indeed are Lord of all. And so now, Lord, hear the praises of your people as we lift up your name uh, through hearts of gratitude, hearts full of praise. Lord, you are too good for us. Your mercy uh, runneth over, Lord. Uh, Your goodness never ceases towards us. Your love always prevails in our life. Indeed, Father, who is is like you? There is none like you in the heavens above. There's none like you um, on the earth, and there's none like you on the earth below. And so, Father God, we exalt you today, and we give thanks for all that, Lord, that we have already raised up to you in in a time of prayer. But also, God, we just say this, Lord, do more. Do more in our life. Draw near to us as we draw near to you in prayer. May your name be glorified for all days and for everything. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Northbridge Church Podcast. If you'd like more information about Northbridge Church, you can find us online at mynorthbridge.org.